Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DMVR Broncos podcast presented. Still not. See, I'm so used to. I did three years of that yep. Buffs podcast. And it was always presented by somebody. There's, I just don't even have to say that anymore. Right. Ah, damn. That's Dre. I'm Henry. I'm back from Montana and Canada and all that. And Amazing. Uh, and you yeah. could still do it. You still got us on that cold open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. Yep. Got or it. Not cold open. That Real was a open. warm open. Regular open. A just a hot open. Caliente open. <sighs> yeah. But I'd bring it in, am I right, Henry? Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> yep, bring it in. Got the shirt for free. Wow. It's crazy. Like, when I was packing, I just went and grabbed my four bring it in shirts. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, there we go. Like, there's there's what I need to pack for the next four days that I'm gone. So that's really nice and convenient. It's like Love a whole that. wardrobe now. But yeah, I'm... I I'm, saw... I saw three bears. Oh I my saw gosh. two herds of buffalo. Oh One my big gosh. buffalo, like, came up right in front of us. We got... A moose, an elk, um, oh, a bunch of mountain goats. There's a little family of mountain goats on the cliffs. A bunch of uh, bighorn sheep, like seven or eight bighorn sheep. Wow. Yeah, the marmots, deer. Gosh, I want to have you over for dinner so you can tell oh. my five-year-old about this. Oh, she, she would, would love, love that. these stories. She would not like... We went on this hike in Canada, the Crypt Lake hike. Oh, my gosh. That sounds haunted. It's like a 12-mile hike. So my mom said that it was uh, one of National Ge- Geographic's 20 best hikes in the world. Oh, but no. But she was wrong. It was one of the 20 most thrilling hikes in the world. Dang. So you're just walking. It's thrilling like a half mile. We're just like on the edge of this mountain, and the path is like this wide, and there's like a chain you hold on to so you don't fall down thousands of feet into the wow. abyss. So, yeah, that was kind of stressful. Were there moments where you wished you would have laid off the illegal Pete's queso a little more on that tight hike? I felt fine about myself. It was Uh-oh. my mother who's oh, good. 
Okay. Well, the age of my mother and has like a broken wrist and can't hold on to things. And there's like a cave up there that you got to wiggle. Oh, God. It was Penny. it was dangerous. Oh, we should not dangerous. have gone up there. I'll show you a YouTube video. My biggest concern hike. was you with a bear encounter. Oh, the, we did not run into bears up there. in top 20 National Geographic hike category. Yeah. That put you in peril. Yeah. No, well, I kind of should have seen that. That one is the far more logical. one. Yeah. Because you could just fall off the cliff. Right. And I mean, the difference between best and thrilling seems <laughs> subtle on paper. Yeah. In RL, very uh -huh. distinct. Am I right? There's even like parts where there's like a gap. So there's like rocks sticking out of the side mm. of the cliff that you have to like, like that's what you're walking on. And it'll just be like a gap. And you like look down. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's there's what's below. So that was that was kind of hell. <laughs> Some people were just unfazed. Because uh -huh. they're like passing you going the other way and they'll just like walk out right on the edge. Yeah. Ugh. That's yeah. fun, man. So that's, that's where I've been. But fun. Yeah. Now I'm just back and ready to take a big old nap for an afternoon. But yeah. actually, there's just a whole bunch of writing to do. Yep. Ooh, here's yep. a question for you. So I figured I'm going through and writing about the position battles slash like kind of big questions. Let's go. I went through great. the cornerbacks. Like is Damari Mathis the locked into the number two cornerback right, job, which right. it probably is, but there's some debate for cornerback three. His to lose. How many tight ends will steal snaps from Greg Dulcich in 2023? What's that rotation mm. look like? What's what's next? Position battle wise. Yeah. What do you what well, else we've done running about? back splits on this pod. We have. Um, at some point there's probably running back <coughs> thing. We've done edge rotation. Yep. On this pod. Edge is a good one. Together. That's on the list. Yeah. Strong Sticking, safety feels yep. like it's up there. That's yeah. the other one that's on the list. Mm -hmm. There's one more that might be uh, a little bit tougher to get. A sneaky one? Yeah, sneaky one. A sneaky one for me might be where does Drew Sanders factor into the inside that's, linebacker Oh, rotation? see, I... That's, that's or good. Or See, that's, what I, I, that was the, that's kind of the question. How does he get snaps this year? Yes. I was thinking punt returners, too. Right, not yeah. Drew Sanders returning punts, but no, doing no, a punt no. returner. Could you um, imagine? <laughs> it might work. Uh, Top-rated athlete in the state of Texas when yeah. he came out as a high schooler, as a five-star. So I would put the first it tackle. past him. He'd break the first tackle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 6'3", 240 plus. So. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should try it. We should. We should. That's a great idea. While I was gone, there were a bunch of football things that happened. So much football when, stuff. It's weird how that happens in the NFL because you say that and you're like, well, what really happened? It's like, well, there wasn't a contract. Like in terms of the running backs, like nothing happened and that's what happened. And then that that's like the huge happened. story and it is a huge story. Uh -huh. um, so we've, we're going to talk a little bit about all the running backs not getting contracts. Um, maybe through a little bit of a Broncos lens with Javante Williams. Oh, yeah. Um, we've Sorry, got, uh, oh, the Madden ratings coming out. There's yes. a lot to discuss there. Yes. We'll get to that. Yes. Um, but first, Russell Wilson had a workout in Boulder yesterday at Folsom Field. <laughs> Interesting. Well, and again, as somebody, electric. as somebody who's very plugged into Boulder and is sitting on a flight with somebody who's getting email all the pictures, it's like, oh, well, I can't tweet this, even though I see all of it right uh -huh. there. Uh -huh. Um, but I had my tweet all ready to go because I knew Chris Manhurts was there, which is interesting. Um, but the other guys who were there, not quite so interesting. Um, Javante Williams, of course, he gets invited to that sort of thing. Uh, Cortland Sutton, of course, he gets invited to that sort of thing. Greg Dulcich, he was also there. And uh, that was kind of the workout crew. And it looked like I didn't watch the full video, mm. the video mm. which actually spelled Russell Wilson's name wrong. Oh, gosh. Yeah, two L's. Two L's on Russell. Yep, um, yep, yep. That'll get you. 
But uh, well, Russell it, looked electric, by the way. Wow, the well, it was the classic future Hall of Fame quarterback. It was the classic the, pro pro day <laughs> yeah, setup, exactly. right? Yeah, where we we go nuts when we see some kid who could barely win six games in the SEC the year prior. Uh huh. Um, Anthony Richardson, that one's for you. Yeah. Um, but then you see, yeah, a a future Hall of Famer who's still got it, and it turns out. There's a reason. You know, yeah. There's a reason he starts in the NFL. Turns out when he's throwing on air, he looks pretty good. He looks pretty dang good. But yeah. looked like he had a whole line of receivers out there just running routes. Don't you love that? Which is, it, isn't that nice? Yeah. Like, I was like, why would you go up to Boulder? It's like, oh, because they've got like 15 kids who will just run straight down the field. And you don't have to like, there's no recovery time. You just get to throw your deep ball over and over and over and over and over again. It's amazing. It is. So why not do it? Um, you think that's the Sean Payton scheme? Oh, you didn't see the wow. video. It's a lot of like, it's the classic pro day setup. Yeah. Boo out. Then, oh, let's yep. run it back. And then, yep. oh, we'll launch it. Run <laughs> the other way, which is odd. like if Barry Sanders was playing quarterback, mm -hmm. that's how he would play. It, it's exactly it. Yeah. Well, and then there was like one where it's like, oh, no, you got to go left. And he goes left. And it's like, well, he goes left, like, just like back into the pocket. It's like, you got to get, aren't you trying to get around the outside? What's going on here? Yeah. But I'm just saying, I, I got the feeling Sean Payton doesn't want him to hold on to the ball for a solid seven seconds and run yeah. the distance of both hashes zigzagging back and forth. That wouldn't be my, I wouldn't scheme it up that way if I was I didn't in see a ton of that from Drew Brees and the Saints. No, didn't see it often from Drew yeah, Brees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even when he was the OC of the Cowboys early, like Tony <laughs> Roma days, yeah. I don't think I was. Yeah, I'm kind of crazy. Sean Payton wanted to bring Tony Romo with him to the Saints. Like that was like the first thing he wanted to do because like yeah. Romo was sitting on the bench, like yep. undrafted rookie, whatever. Yep. I guess maybe he was there a couple years, but hadn't started playing yet. And it's like, oh, I want to take him. Cowboys said, no, we we want him here too. Like we're not trading him, which is very similar to the Josh McDaniels. Like, I want Matt Castle when I go to the Broncos. And it's like, no, you didn't get Matt Castle, so you got Jacob. Luckily for Sean Payton, he wound up with Drew Brees, which is a pretty good way to go. Yeah, it worked out for him. Sniped him from Nick Saban. That's mm -hmm. another great sliding doors of the last 20 years of American football right there. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, My big takeaway from yes. that workout, though, is that Chris Mannertz was there. And... Maybe that shouldn't be too much of a surprise because, I mean, he's a veteran tight end. He's a, He's been a starter in the NFL. Um, he's kind of locked and loaded into the 53, right? Totally. He's absolutely locked and loaded. Like he's, like I said, he's on a two-year contract. He's only 31, which up there in age, but yeah. you, in my mind, because he's a blocking tight end, it's like he's 36 or something because that those guys just feel old. Mm, um, mm. But I mean, started 11 games last year, started 10 games the year before that, started 12 games the year before that. Like he's been a starting tight end in the NFL for a while. And it yeah. shouldn't really be a surprise that for a workout like that, a guy who's probably going to start a bunch of games for the Broncos at tight end is there. That shouldn't be a surprise at all. No, he serves a purpose. I mean, he's going to get his snaps because he serves that purpose. And the more reps he gets with Russ as a receiver, mm -hmm. the more when he lines up and gets those snaps inevitably because he's blocking once in a while when he slips one out or there's a scramble mm -hmm. drill russ and he have a bit more uh you know yep it's crazy though that he can play that much he's he's never had 10 targets in a season before yeah like it's ridiculous how does that even happen and you, you even look through the other numbers 
And it's not a huge surprise. Like I said, I wrote all this. So if you want all like the nerdy stuff, go to the Please website. Please do, yes. Um, when Mannerts was on the field last year, Jaguars ran the ball 65% of the time. Which, it's a pretty Checks big out. tell. You but honestly would have thought it's larger. Yeah, that's fair. Um, during his career on passing plays, he's run a route 54% of the time. So even when they do pass, and that, that includes like, the block and release yeah. or like scramble drill. Oh, yeah. I should just go turn around. Like he is there just to block. He's a sixth blocker targeted eight times last year. Average depth of target 2.6 yards. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like uh -huh. that's two steps in turn around. Yeah. It, but it's literally just an outlet. I mean, it's yeah. your check down. Definitely. Yeah. I think when you see stuff like that, it feels like it's kind of just a waste of, of a spot on the field. Sure. But when you lead the NFL in sacks, why not bring in a Chris Manhurts who is really just an upgraded Eric Tomlinson? Yep. You know, he's, he's yep. just starting caliber, you know, top of the line blocking tight end and have him go in there and block. Only yep. have four guys run routes, you know, because if you if you bring Manhurts in on a third and eight, that might feel kind of frustrating to not have Dulcich out there. But what it means is that Javante Williams isn't there in pass protection. Mm -hmm. He gets to go run around. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to stay there and block. He gets to be the one who goes and runs. And I think there's a case we made that you'd rather have him out there sometimes than Greg Dulcich. Yeah. And I mean, it's not that different from running a jumbo set with six mm -hmm. offensive linemen, which is something like, gosh, when I was studying Bill Musgrave, when he became the new OC and I was going back to his tape mm -hmm. with the Raiders, which was like one of the best Raiders offenses of the last decade. That's where they were really intriguing was jumbo sets both on third and short mm -hmm. and then third and like extra long where you're just going with extra protection because, look, it's going to be mm -hmm. a five-step drop. We're going to have to run like deep. Yep. We're going to have to run deep routes to the sticks. We need that extra protection. And he can, you know, instead of a swing tackle, he can factor in that way. How him and Michael Burton are used is going to be really interesting. Yes, definitely. Because that's another guy who's a tell, who's an extra blocker, mm -hmm. and is going to function that way. But going back to Manhurts, his blocking tape is really fun. He's insane. Yeah. Like he's, he's what, 6'6", 255. Mm -hmm. So if he's another dozen pounds... Probably need more than that. Call, give him another 20 pounds. He's arguably a better fit for a tackle than tight end. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like then I, he, he basically plays that way. And you look at him even in practice. He's just a monster. Like humans don't get built like that very often. Yeah. So. And I mean, that's the kind of guy you add because you're expecting to have a lead in some games. And he's the kind of guy you want yep. on the field to close those games out. Something yep. the Broncos haven't really had to do or had the luxury of doing no. for over half a decade. Right? They haven't really had that player since Virgil Green. Yeah. Um, this is Sean Payton football, too. Like a blocking tight end. And yes. More 12 and 22 personnel. Exactly. More two running backs, more two tight end sets. It's, it's what you'd expect. And I think that part gets lost because of the passing offenses that Sean Payton has had. Like they're always top five in passing, whatever the numbers are. But he also uses more heavy personnel than just about any coach mm -hmm. in the league. Mm -hmm. Like, he's running two tight ends out there. He'll run three tight ends out there. And, I mean, speaking of three tight ends, they also have Adam Troutman. So, yep. Yep. he started 12 games last year. He started 10 games the year before that, six before that. You could make the case the Broncos have three starting tight ends when you throw Greg Dulcich in there. Yes, you can make the case. 
it's all a bit speculative. It is speculative. It's all a bit. Yeah, it's it's we're we're dreaming on potential to some extent, but on mm-hmm. paper it does feel that way. Yes. And I agree. <coughs> I'm high on all three of those guys. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to hate. I did put that as one of my top three offensive needs entering camp, though, because I feel there are huh. there are more question marks than Definitely. most of these starting positions. And um, what's interesting, Hank, mm-hmm. if you'll allow a quick tangent, and this was this has been a theme on some of the last few Broncos pods I've been on. What we talk about, like adding Chris Mannerts to this mm-hmm. offense, it all makes sense on paper for Sean Payton. But then mm-hmm. what we're seeing is Russ <laughs> quietly has bought into it all the way as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where you like to see stuff like this evolving in the offseason already, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Um what do what does adding Troutman and Manhurts mean for Greg Dulcich and how much he's on the field? I mean, I think I think Manhurts Dulcich is the one-two. It's the mm-hmm. Javante Samaje of the running back room. Yep. As we stand, July eighteenth, entering you know about mm-hmm. to start camp, right? Where once your number one receiving tight end, kind of your move tight end, yep. even. Because he's our top option to be flexed out into yep. the slot, right? Played, played more in the slot and at receiver than he did at actual tight end last year. Checks out. Makes yes. sense. He's moved tight end. We can line him up as an H-back or put him in motion from the backfield, mm-hmm. right? He's he's our number one candidate to be our top guy to be utilized as that receiving tight end. Manhurts is the other side of that coin. He's our top candidate to be the blocking mm-hmm. tight end and be that second guy with some sort of... 65-35 type split. Yeah. I do think Troutman has a role too, though. And then Troutman with the familiarity in the offense. To me, he's more of a dual threat. Exactly, yep. He's more, now, undersized. Yep. So to be like, oh, I see some Gronk in him. Like, put him in line. He can play 90 snaps for you. No, he's not quite that dude. Mm-hmm. But I think he's got some move skills and he's got some blocking skills. Mm-hmm. Like, plays low to the ground he's got some good leverage to his game you know like yep well and that's where it gets tough to to figure out how to build that offense you know because if, if you're just putting Dulcich out there and saying okay we're, we're telling the defense that we're probably passing here or put Mannerts out there we're telling the defense we're probably running here Dulcich you can kind of get around that by putting him in the slot but you know you played him in the slot a bunch last year in part because Tim Patrick wasn't there and now you have Marvin Mims there too so are you really trying to put him in the slot or flexing him out when you could just say, give me another receiver and play him in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, with Manhurts, obviously, big blocking tight end, really good at that. Not much of a receiving threat. So you're just accepting, essentially, that you only have four guys who can go run routes, four guys who can go get the ball. Yep. Um, with Troutman, the dual threat guy, he can be your answer to either one of those problems. Yeah. But you're giving up plenty of receiving ability compared to Dulcich and plenty of blocking ability compared to uh, Manhurts, although he is solid at both. You know, he is yeah, obviously no. good enough at both. Yep. And so you have to figure out, you know, do, do, do you want to put Troutman as your only tight end in a single back formation, run some stretches yeah. to that side, mm-hmm. run the bootleg off of those stretches? It, there's, there's just so many questions about how you figure out exactly who to play where and when and luckily it's Sean Payton who's making those decisions yep. 
And there's arguably nobody better to be making those decisions. Yeah, and let's face it, what we just spelled out is the ideal path is for Dulcich to develop those other areas of <laughs> yes. his game so he can be yep. that complete in-line tight end who he can also flex out and do all this yep. other stuff with. And that that is like, the big that's answer. That's the path to having an answer to this position. Then he's just a clear tight end number one. If there's a tight end on the field, it's Dulcich. And if there's a second tight end, then it's probably Manhurts because you're going heavy. You're probably not looking at too much receiving threat, but Troutman's a nice little twist. You could move Burton around if you want to get weird with things. Um, but I am curious what this is going to look like and how these reps are going to break up because Troutman might have a significant role. Like there's there's a world in which Troutman's on the field 15, 20% of the time. For sure, man. Especially because, in the red zone and stuff. Like I mm -hmm. think he could be a real threat in two tight end sets. Down in the red zone, you know, close to the goal line and stuff. Last year, he was out there for 57% of the Saints' offensive snaps. The year before, it was 76%. Wow. Yeah, so he's... he's That's Peyton's last year, that 76%. Exactly. And so you're just assuming he's taking a big step back with Manhurts and Dulcich. It's going to be weird. And again, but Sean that Payton. familiarity and trust says a lot, man. Absolutely. And you, it's not like you gave up a lot. You gave up a sixth-round pick to get... Troutman in a seventh, but it's also a one-year contract, so it, it's a prove-it deal. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. I have n no idea what this is going to look like, except when there's a tight end flex out, it's going to be Dulcich. That's the one thing you know for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's, and when it's a heavy set, it's going to be Manhurts. Yep, Manhurts is going to be out there in some form. Yeah. If Those are your locks for the 50. Well, yeah. Troutman has a big leg up and we haven't even mentioned albert o <coughs> and i think that's probably classic move tight end the the albert o will be at his best when he's lined up at tight end with dulcich i think dulcich will probably be at his best when he's lined up as a tight end with albert o just in terms of the passing game those those two together make a matchup nightmare because you you have to play them late and the the problem is you probably can just go nickel against that and be just fine because neither of them are going to expose you in the running game as blockers. But nickel, you have five light DBs. Yeah. One of those guys is getting matched up against 6'4", 240. Yeah. So that's where you're picking your advantage. The other side of this is I don't think, you know, Russ has never had great tight ends. No. I mean, he had old Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Yeah, he had Will old Disley, Greg Olson, Bozeman. maybe. Uh, no, oh, was he might have been there for a year. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, as a uh, as the chat's talking about, it just gives you a lot of options, especially the Dulcich Man Hurts mm -hmm. combo. And this is where you know, if you give Nathaniel Hackett all these options, I don't think it goes well. And I mean, we saw that last year when Albert O couldn't even get on the field when Albert O, you know, yards per route run was. I think there's only three players behind him. Yeah. He was like 21st out of 24 mm -hmm. who ran a route for the Broncos. That just didn't work. Should have been the same thing, though. Same concept. I mean, heavier sets, run first, lots of versatility yep. and stuff. But And that's where it didn't quite work out. But even, I mean, there were runs. I'll never forget early in the season when they were like running left with Albert O lined up to the right. And somehow he's blowing the block so badly that the run the other direction is just getting blown up in the backfield from the backside because Alberto can't even get a hand on a guy. But and I don't know. There's Does Alberto make the roster? I think so. Yeah, huh? I think Tommy Hudson gets cut. I think Nate Atkins gets cut. And then those are your four that you bring into the season. Oh, Nate. 
Get him on the yeah. practice squad. Come on, Nate. It'd be nice. Come on, we believe in you. It'd be nice. But that's the thing. I mean, you could make the case that Hackett used Dulcich well just because you look at the raw numbers and he's got, what, 41 receiving yards per game. Mm-hmm. Next best for a tight end is 26. Um, but then you watch the running game and some of the screens that they're running behind him. Those are getting all blown up because Dulcich is out there. And so he did hurt them in the running game. So I, luckily, Sean Payton making the calls and yeah, figuring and out how your, to do all this. Year one is a tight end, you know. True, definitely. Yeah, and I think at UCLA, you did see he was a better blocker in space than he was in line. Mm-hmm. And shoot, some of those screens, maybe you want to slip those out where Dulcich is the guy running with the ball. Definitely. We're blocking for Dulcich. We, we love tight end screens in Denver. Oh, yes. Ah. <sighs> Any final thoughts here? Or should we move along? We should move along. I think we should move along also. Uh, we'll move along to Breckenridge Distillery. Let's go. Did you know that Breckenridge Distillery is the world's highest distillery? Dude, elite. I, of course, my alma mater has the highest football field in the whole world. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How high yeah. is it? It's like over 7,000 feet. Wow. That's really high. Yeah. How, what's the elevation of Mexico City? Isn't that crazy? Oh, yep, yep. Stadio Azteca. I mean, it's uh, more of a football. It is s- soccer. I'll look it up while you tell the good folks about... I'm sure somebody's played football Rex there. Distillery. Um, I mean, they have, they have. Okay. Sorry to ruin the world. Hey, guys. hey, hey. <laughs> um, but Breckenridge uh, Distillery was founded in 2008. They're most widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, which is a high rye mash American style whiskey. Um, their Breckenridge bourbon is also one of the most highly awarded craft bourbons in the United States. Good stuff. Um, if, if that's not going to sell it to you, this inside. probably will. Breckenridge bourbon is actually the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. Stop it. Yeah. Is it really? No, it, official. Yeah. Oh, man. I've seen their beautiful Broncos Breck Distillery yeah. uh, bottle. Yeah. Handle. Whatever yep. you'd call it. Yeah. I, oh, handle makes you sound like an adult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff. I've drank that. It's delish. The, and other We've people had this agree. On tailgates, Henry. Oh, I, we have, haven't we? We have. We it, have. It warms you right here. It does warm you right there. Um, they won the world, or well, I should give it to them. Yeah, give so they're one of the highest, high, most highly awarded distilleries. Like I said, um, probably they've won three icons of whiskey awards. Three. They're a nine-time winner of Best American Blended winner Whoa. at the World Whiskey's Awards by Whiskey Magazine. Um, they're they're four-time the winner. Bill Russell of whiskey, nine titles. Yes, yes. Woo. Four-time winner of Colorado Distillery of the Year. By the New York International Spirits Competition. Oh my God! They've won so many different awards. We'll read some of the others on a different day. They're um, above coastal bias. They are above coastal bias. We are not, but they are. That's amazing for them. Good Breckenridge for them. Distillery products are available in all 50 states. Yes. You can shop your local retailer or, or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning near you. Breckenridge spirits. Great job, Henry. And also, uh, check out yes. our new friends over at Bet365. Let's go. They, uh, I still have to figure out what I'm betting for the British Open. I'm not just calling it the Open like I'm some... Right. I don't know. I'm but not... I, I lost bets on Wimbledon. That's kind of tennis's British Open. I hope oh. you fare better than, than I did. Wow. Yeah. So let's see. Rory's... P- 
plus 750. Oh, don't do it. Rory's straight. Sucker style. I know. I know. But I always do he better. He just won the Scottish. This he is did. what we do every year that with Rory. True. We get hype because he looked good in the nonsense tourney he just won yep. in the warm-up. 63. I know, Henry. That's what he I does. Know. This is the Rory special. Shoot a little 63. Don't fall for the trap. I beg you not to fall for the trap. Uh, the thing is, I also just really enjoy cheering for Rory. Oh, but shame his, his on His name you, obviously sir. jumps out. For some reason, Scotty Scheffler, same odds, probably better golfer. I'm not touching him because Ricky Fowler kind of litty these days? Yeah. Victor Hovland? Is he really going to win? Back in Northern Europe? Wow! Could he be feeling it? The that Norwegian Rombo. I'm not. I'm not touching Jordan Spieth. No, no, do not do that. Colin Morikawa. Irons can't play up there. Maybe a little bit. Boom! Send it. Colin Morikawa. It is. I have. We're I have like it. ten different guys I bet on. Great. And I just bet on like four of them every week, and it just kind of rotates. The beauty is uh, Bet365, they have so many options ha here. They actually have all these guys boosted. Oh, oh, Ricky Fowler, first round leader, boosted. Ooh. Three pay parlays. They've got all sorts of amazing boosts. And what I love about them is you sign up. I think you have to at sign up 10 bucks. 10 bucks is minimum deposit. Then you place a minimum $1 bet on anything. You know, Rockies to win or lose tonight, whatever. Mm -hmm. That bet hits. Hits means win or lose. Boom. $200 bonus bets into your account instantly. And you can use that however you want. You can make $201 bets. You can mix and match. It's whatever you want. It's yours to play with. Get in on some Broncos futures. Mm -hmm. College football's around the corner. Plenty of Nuggets awards to mix and match with. Avs to win the cup is boosted. Get to bet 365. Use that code DMVR365 and have yourself a blast. They have been so much fun. The app is awesome, man. It is. Um, so turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets when you join Bet365. Download the app, deposit $10, and claim oh, yeah. your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet Do for $1. It. Download the... Yeah, download the Bet365 app and use code DMVR365 when you sign up. Must be 21 or over and physically located in Colorado. Yes. Uh, please gamble responsibly. Yes. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, drum roll, please. <laughs> Azteca Stadium, Mexico City, altitude 7,218 feet. Gunnison, Colorado, the town of my alma mater and the home of of the highest altitude of any football field wow. in the world, 7,700. Booyah. Booyah. Wow. Austin Eckler's alma mater. Western Colorado, I think wow. we're called now. It was state when I went there. Austin Eckler threw a fit yesterday. Good for him. We'll get into that later, though. Good for him. Oh, um, ooh, yay. That's exciting. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. Um, First, though, our bet 365, top five. Broncos players Let's go. as we think they should be rated in Madden. Dang. Yep. So this isn't our predictions for who should be the five or who will be the five best in Madden. It's who we think it should be. Yeah. If Hank ran Madden, this would be his top five. Yep. So and I think I'm critiquing number one's Pat Sertan. Adoy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's there isn't really much of a conversation. No doubt there. about it. Better be a top three rated corner. Honestly, mm -hmm. better be the top rated corner. I have a feeling he won't be, and no. I have a feeling it's going to be like weirdly low. 
it's gonna be like a 93 and we'll be like well what did you want from then right what are you taking off <sighs> what are you subtracting uh yeah there's really nothing you can subtract right like yes maybe yes, they'll yes. try to hit him on the speed because there'll be like a 92 speed 91 speed I don't know, man. Again, though, Madden, do the right thing. Everyone remember, athleticism is a per-size metric. Uh-huh. It can't be in the game, though, because it's just deciding how fast you are. And how fast you move. I suppose, but does that extra length, are you able to make that up? Make up that lack of speed with the length? If not, they need to fix the game. That's what's yeah. in the game, EA. That is what's in the game. Yeah. It's in the game. Yeah. Um, Justin Simmons, he's number two. Locked in. This Top is another one that's in. just yeah. not tough at all. Yeah. Um, number three is where it really gets interesting. Yeah. <laughs> There's cases that can be made. This is where you just hit underachievers, There's I guess. Like four guys on the short list, probably. I got to five. I, I could even expand it past five. Now that I think of it, um, that you could argue for place number three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Go ahead. Let's just throw some names out there. You know, Randy Gregory. I think when he's healthy, which doesn't factor into this, definitely in the mix. Then he's There's right not up an there. There's an injury rating. There's an injury rating. It doesn't change your overall rating, though. Like, get it right. That's, that in wow, it you don't should. like that. Uh, that's life, man. <sighs> I mean, that's life. Your rating is. Uh, it, that just means you're more likely to get hurt in the game, though. And that doesn't change how good you are when you're in the game. Uh, good point. You know? Good point. It's tough. Yeah. Um, Jerry Judy, he's right in there. Um, Certainly checks off lots of boxes. Yep. Might not have maybe some of the career achievements That's to warrant thing. a higher rating than some of the guys we're talking about. But if you're creating a rating and rating all his skills, yeah. he should rate very highly because exactly. he does a lot of things well. Exactly. The same could be said about maybe a Baron Browning. Yeah. Though in much in lower limited tier. spurts yep. as an NFL player, he's shown it on the field, mm -hmm. which makes it harder. Um, Javante Williams. Yes. He's another one who's yes. right there. And then you hit the offensive line, who I still think I'd probably put Garrett Bowles first mm. and then powers maybe even minors and then mcglinchy oh my gosh yeah i mean it's i think mcglinch has to be in the top two you you do the pass protection well, just isn't in that mad key. and i moved him from right tackle to guard shouldn't he rate higher he as would a bump guard up. than like a ben powers that's true that is true that is what would happen to madden and in, he's in not going to be real listed life as a guard and in madden should be I know, but these are things, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And where's I, Russ come into all this? I think I, it's a bit of an O-line VD line, though. Because I would yeah. rate Zach Allen and DJ Jones higher than any of the O-linemen you just mentioned, Henry. I That's probably fair. Right? Yeah. So we've set the field. Who are you going uh, with number three, Hank? How does Javante only have like what 4.4 yards per carry? Is that what he's at? Yeah, 4.4. 4.4 is a rookie, 4.3 last year. Like, I just need a little more from him. Give me, give me Javante number three. Give me it's, Javante number it's three. It's hard to predict because we haven't seen him post injury. So, that is his true. Speed rating is purely speculative. It is purely speculative. As is his like breaking tackle rating. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming he's back to full health. I'm putting him right there. Let's go, Henry. Um, Positive Hank. 
Don't you say he wasn't positive. Here he is. That ray, little ray of sunshine we all oh, love. Huh? How the hell do I do this? <laughs> Give me Randy Gregory for He's by far the most talented player go. left. Except for Jared. Those who both At a premium position, too. Yep. I think that matters. I don't think it does. Well, <laughs> it I mean, for football <laughs> heads like us, it does. It does. Yeah. We're doing this for football heads. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who are you going with at number five? O-line? Give me, I'll D-line? go Jerry Judy. I'll go Jerry Judy. No, you did Jerry Judy? No. <gasps> oh. Good for you, man. Yep. That's actually a very good top five. I think Jerry might wind up that. higher. The thing is, Randy, when he's healthy, is just a monster. True. True. Yeah, honestly, in retrospect, Javante looks a little high now. He huh? does. Flipping him with Jerry would probably be smart. but Yeah, or just like moving Randy and Jerry one spot up and Javante goes to five. Yeah. But this is what you said on the pod. This is what I said. Now. There's yep. no changing. So number one, Pat Sertan. Number two, Justin Simmons. Number three, Javante Williams. Number four, Randy Gregory. Number five, Jerry Judy. You're just our little ray of sunshine. You're so positive about Javante. He's way up there. You know. Yep. Love that. He's good. He's really good. That's the kind of that's what Bet Three Six Five brings out of you. That is, yeah, this oh. positivity we all love. Who is my worst omission? Uh, I think mine is probably Russ. Yeah, how would you, you just call him a Hall of Fame quarterback and not for what he did he last year? Performs any rookie? I don't in a pro day setting. Well, yeah. So give me what's the highest rated rookie on Madden? He must be at least two overall higher than probably that. like a 70 yeah, 76 to seventy eight, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he needs to be a seventy nine eighty at yeah. minimum, which I think is probably right around the number. That's four, where number five. Ma Hertz would be Manhurts. Manhurts. What am I doing? I have no idea why you do that. Oh I think I think of Bill Maher a lot. Yeah, which is kind of and weird. I had Manhurts from twenty twelve. Um, damn it all. Yeah. Um, uh, Dude, I think you're underrated, DJ Jones. Yeah, to me, DJ Jones think is the biggest omission. But honestly, he's a very reasonable slot in at six. Should Should Zach Allen be in front of him? Could make an argument. That's the tough part. I think DJ has done a little more at Definitely. the NFL level the last two years. I think he's more position versatile, scheme versatile, and a smidge better against like more complete as far as defending run and pass. Yeah, I. So I gave him the slight. I'm edge. not. Sh- I think Zach Allen, if you're the playing past, the owner mode in two years, will be the better player. Yeah. Definitely, I do. I don't know. I wonder about DJ Jones against the pass. Not not whether he's good or not, but in terms of the well-roundedness, it might be Zach Allen. Like DJ Jones, he's not. He doesn't give you sacks. You know, if if you if you get three sacks from it's a good year. Though, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not all sack numbers. It's like yeah. how much are you moving the pocket and getting in the backfield? I feel like he does that. Don't okay. You? Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Zach Allen has that length and strength. Like he's a pretty good penetrator himself. Yeah, it's tough. The offensive line, I think, is really tough. I O-line's think you could really tough anybody but Lloyd. You could kind of put in whatever order you want. I, I wouldn't don't know. You, you might be a smidge too high on minors. That's Just fair. as far as like what's he's what's what has he actually proven at the end? That's NFL fair. Level. The pass protection is a big knock. Yeah. All right. But he is a great athlete with great size. I mean, I get why. Oh, definitely. Like, if you're compiling a Madden rating again, that's another guy that checks off a good amount of boxes. 
All right. Um, before we talk more about Javante, yes. Kind Love. Woo! Um, kind Love is awesome. They're an official partner of DMVR. Yeah. Um, the uh, Kind Love cannabis is always uh, great because you get a consistently great experience. They're farm to table. They're farm to table. They grow it themselves. They do. Yeah. Quality, integrity, consistency, variety, and safety is what they are all about. That's right. Just all local. Too. Just like us. Yeah. There's some of those we probably don't value as highly as kind love. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, we also aren't farm to table. That I would disagree with a yeah. bit more. You think we I are mean, farm to table? Yeah. Who else created this content? It's us, bro. That's true. Yeah. Isn't that true of all We're media? Cooking up the content. No, no, not an aggregator. Name guys. Yeah. Not yeah. an aggregator. We don't need to get into specifics, yeah. but there are people who don't. That right. is fair. Right. Um. Yeah, so they are farm to table. They've got all sorts of cool things like the Turbo Core. It's a 100 milligram stick. Looks exactly like a toothpick. It's full of full spectrum cannabis concentrate. Um, and so it has a little pointed tip. You shove it right in there. You slide it into yeah. any joint, blunt, or cigarette. Instantly infuses it. Um, it's vegan. It's natural. There's no chemical processing whatsoever. Um, they yeah, utilize the utilize a patented process called microencapsulation. Yeah. So it doesn't get sticky. It doesn't get messy. It just... Yep. Helps the overall burn temperature and curates a smoother, more pleasant experience. That's good stuff. Uh, so you can get the turbo core, the turbo joints. There's all sorts of turbo keef and all that, too. Only at Kind Love. So visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR, and you'll get the DNVR exclusive discount of 25% off all Kind Love flower, pre-rolls, and their turbo joint line. So visit their website at kindlove.com for their full extensive menu and online ordering. Hell of a deal. Yes, and also head over to Bax and Shanker. Um, yeah, head over there. I spent a lot of time in cars these last few days. A lot of opportunities for car wrecks. Right. Um, but I was not in one, yeah. uh, which is why I did not call Bax and Shanker. Also, I guess I was in like Canada and Montana and all that. So, I think their jurisdiction goes to Montana. Canada, I think it I should. Don't know. Um, I think it should. Yeah. What if something happened to you on that hike? Would Bacchus or Shanker or their great team with offices all over the state have wow. been able to help you the tough part is i'm not sure who you sue in that case the park yeah i know but that's I where, know. Like, it's the park people were sa- people were saying like they shouldn't let people up there it's like what do you mean like they can't just not let people up there it's a national park you can't say no people aren't allowed here like they can just walk right. you know right. So that right. part makes it tough. I, I guess there are like the chains that are hooked onto the wall, or there's like uh-huh. a ladder that you got to climb up on the side of the cliff to get to the cave. Uh-huh. Um, if that were to fall off, yeah, that's where you, there'd be a lawsuit. What I love about Beckus and Shanker is all these great philosophical debates we could have of like agency and decision yeah. and protection. They have you covered. They do. They have all those things covered. Years of experience. Oh yes, phenomenal. Thirty teams more than twenty five over the state. And they, they win for you. They win for Colorado families. And the beauty is you you call these guys. You tell them what's up. They'll inquire. They'll look into it for you. And you won't spend a dime until the good folks at Backus and Shanker have brought home the goods. They win. You win. You win. They win. That's the dealio they've got. It's uh, it's the partnership we hope to see from Russ and Sean Payton. Wow. Backus and Shanker. Helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrian trucks, 
pedestrians comma trucks uh so i don't think the the thing falls under it the trail we can they can even help if you're injured at work uh-oh call us at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free Backus and shanker wins so Unlike yesterday uh, yesterday was the deadline to come to a contract extension um, for any players who are on a franchise tag. Yep. There were three notable players on the franchise tag. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. No deals for any of those guys. Wow, three things in common. They're all running backs. Ah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> they are all running Got backs. Um, and because they don't have contract extensions, they're forced to just play on the franchise tag, which is a one-year fully guaranteed contract. It's what, yeah. like ten million bucks? Talk about I think agency and choice, huh? Uh, any Not of much. them could yeah. be tagged again next year um, after the season for the, they get twelve for a million hefty dollars. Year, yeah, twelve million. Well, that's Slightly the problem heftier. is the tag <laughs> is uh, that salary on the tag you're getting is uh, an average or a top five salary at your position. Yeah, and of course, running backs are. Mm, I could say underpaid. I could also say mm -hmm. such reasonably priced uh, players at that position that it's very easy and economical to just tag a guy and pay him like a top five yep. running back. Well, and then since it's the average of the top five salaries, none of the salaries are high because all those guys can just get tagged before they get contracts. Yeah. And so it's kind of this cycle that you get yourself into when nobody gets a deal. It's a catch 22. Indeed. It is a real catch 22. And uh, the running backs are upset, as they should be. Austin Eckler had like a whole big thing about running backs are important. Like you guys, you see it like it makes a difference. And then he just gets all the quote tweets of all the Super Bowl stats. There hasn't been a thousand yard rusher in the Super Bowl in however long, um, or that, that's won a Super Bowl in however long. There's only been a couple who've even made a Super Bowl. Um, you look through all the Super Bowl I winning mean, running backs, like. 15 years. Yeah, 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 20 years. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that's just the modern NFL, and so. It's it's also like part of that's just cap structure and oh yeah Super Bowl winners are built around expensive quarterbacks and wide receivers and offensive tackles expensive, and edge rushers expensive and quarterbacks, quarterbacks if they're Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady otherwise who've actually won yes yeah. yeah I mean otherwise expensive quarterbacks don't win relatively speaking though those quarterbacks are still expensive as far that is as true. like. That is true. How expensive the rest of the roster yeah. is. So. That rookie deal thing. I guess there were still a couple on the rookie As deal. A contender, it's been a couple you do years have though. To save money on Definitely. some positions and running backs a very easy candidate for that. Because there was the there was like that ten year stretch when it was the rookie deal quarterbacks who were just going crazy. Yeah. Um, that ended like Mahomes was in there. Russell Wilson was towards the start yep. of it. Yep. Um, the third round rookie quarterback too, which is even better. So yeah, so you, you spend your money at the premium positions. You don't spend money at running back. It puts the running backs in a tough spot. And like I said, it's kind of that self-fulfilling thing. And it's tough to see this going away. So like all the running backs are upset. Sounds like at least a couple of these guys won't be reporting to training camp. Um, so how that went for Le'Veon Bell, I guess he got like the big contract, but it did. He wasn't really himself after taking, was he just one year off? He, yeah. Yeah, he was just yep. one year off. Yep. That it's was gross. A disaster. And really, to me, the only thing that you can do. I mean, it, it takes like a huge change in the CBA the next time they renegotiate it to to find something that's more fair. What's but, rough about this is that position is kind of peaking 
right around when these guys get to that rookie contract being up. Yeah. Like, there's not a ton of test cases recent last 15 mm -hmm. years of guys going from 25, 26, 27, and that 27 to 31 stretch mm -hmm. being, like, their career year. Exactly. That's so when that's the where... fall begins, and so it's really hard to invest in these dudes. What's crazy is for a second, I thought we'd solve this a little bit, mm -hmm. where guys who were dual threats as yep. receivers and runners, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott's a top five pick because of this. Um, Austin Eckler, I think, fits this brand. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I mean, they're following the mold of greats like Marshawn, Marshall Falk and LaDainian Tomlinson, right? Like, I do think mm -hmm. when, you, when you impact the game in all phases like that, Alvin Kamara fits. A, your career's longer. Yep. Look at guys like Darren Sproles, Danny Woodhead. When you're able to not have to only be used between the tackles, those like high leverage, high intensity mm -hmm. um, miles are limited. Um, and so you, I think you can prolong the career. It's you know you're more versatile. You you impact the game in all phases. But Saquon Barkley, that's kind of fallen off. Yeah, Saquon Barkley should fit this mold. He and, should. You know, Debo Samuel, who was Tony like Pollard, the guy. Tony Pollard should yeah. fit this mold to a T. Debo, who was like the end all be all, right? Of the like, mm -hmm. he's merged the running back and wide receiver position. He's having a hard time getting paid. Yeah. Eckler is the perfect factor in all this, right? A guy mm -hmm. who he should follow Darren Sproles mold and be able to play into his mid 30s. He's not getting paid. The league is just saying, you know what? You can bring that versatility too. I don't care. I'm going to find a guy who does even that in college. Yeah. Well, and then you see it going backwards too with like Joe Mixon taking less money. There's there's a bunch of guys taking pay cuts. Apparently Saquon, so he gets $10 million this year. If they tag him again next year, which they will, of course, they'll be $12 million next year. They were The, the Giants were offering him $19.5 million guaranteed. And then toward the deadline, they increase that to $22 million, which is the same amount of guaranteed money he gets if he gets tagged and tagged. So why would he take that? Because, well, at least you get next year guaranteed if you get hurt this year. But why would you not take that? Because it's just there's no long-term security there. And you'd still much rather just hit the market if you can because if Saquon did hit the market, he would have gotten a big contract because yeah. somebody would be willing to pay it. It's just that the Giants have so much control that why would they let him walk? It's really tricky, man. It is. It's really tricky. And I mean, like Josh Jacobs is a guy who only played one year at Bama, split carries, like not a ton of tread on the tire. Yep. Tony Pollard, same thing at Memphis. Yep. Saquon, you can explain a little more because it's like, look, he's been pretty injury prone, man. Like that is uh, a risk to take. I mean, he hasn't missed that many games, though. Like he, he, he missed the season and he wasn't the same the season after. The numbers went down. But also, like, the numbers go down when you're playing on a bad Giants team. How much of that really is him? Because the Shermer. Because what? He played 16 games, 13 games, 2 games, 13 games, 16 games. So, like, he misses a few a year, but what do you expect from a running back, you know? There was the one year he really missed, and the year after he ran for 3.7 yards per carry. And that's the kind of get lumped together. I don't know. I Makes you think of the Falcons drafting Bijan Robinson top ten, or it's just not worth it. The Lions drafting Jameer Gibbs top ten. Um, when you know Tyler Algier just had a huge season for the Falcons as a rookie, yeah. Or uh, you know, I mean, the Lions just let Jamal Williams, who led the league in rushing touchdowns, walk. Yeah, 
And like, are they just going to let Gibbs and Bijan walk in five years or franchise tag them and go through this? Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? But that's why, I mean, nothing will change until the CBA change. And and that's why, like, all these running backs are going to be pushing for the change. So Players Association is going to have to make a some sort of push. And I'm not sure how exactly that works, whether it's, you know, abolishing the franchise tag, which seems unlikely. Right. Um, reducing the rookie contract to three years, which also seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, you could say, like, in, instead of at your position, you kind of group the position, say, like, average of the top 10 offensive linemen instead of top five, since there will be some more higher salaries, you know, mm-hmm. average of the top 10 or top five, I guess you'd still keep it quarterbacks. Um, average of the top five or ten p- position players for the franchise play, skill position players, instead of just being so running back tight end. And you see so many people running into issues with, you know, who's the tight end who wanted to be considered a receiver? Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. He's like, I should be a receiver. So yeah. you do see some conflicts. I think there's some defensive end, outside linebacker conflicts that happen. So I think if you were to push for that structure, then nobody would be willing to tag. Maybe there's a top five skill position exactly. bracket, top ten that you can make, you know. That would obviously not including quarterbacks, but the owners want the control of the running backs. And I still think if you just go back to the way that all the rookie contracts were given out 10, 15 years ago, instead of just being slotted, you had to negotiate the contract. I think it would solve a lot of these problems. Well, and as a top pick, you are at least making top dollar in that rookie contract. Yes. And I think if you're a running back at this point throughout the draft, teams realize that's when you're most valuable. Like you do have more negotiating power there and you wind up, everybody gets higher salaries in that case, instead of just the, you play four years for cheap and then you get paid except, you know, running backs, you're actually kind of washed by then. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is they need to get paid in college. That those yeah. are prime years, but then when's the last? Like, okay, so we can increase nil dollars. You're still not going to get quarterback or wide receiver nil dollars. Look at the yep. superstars in college football these days. Because the last time a running back was like a Heisman fin- finalist, even. because if you're a running back who's capable of playing receiver, play receiver. If you're a running back who's could also be a mobile quarterback, take your shot at quarterback. Yeah, you know, there's no reason to, and unless. You know, you're 5'11", 220, and you really don't have many other options, which some of those guys are. You know, may- maybe you could be more of like a safety linebacker, but 220 is like a little bigger, but that's almost Debo. That, yeah, you that know? is true. But again, Debo's in that conversation of guys who are in Debo's a tough spot. Debo's struggling. It's that's crazy. That's part of the issue is... No one wants to pay you when you're having to run between the tackles all this time. Yep. Get tackled at the first and second level. And if it's you like know, a red flag. the Giants had just given Saquon the contract he would get on the open market, and the Raiders had given Josh Jacobs the contract he'd get on the open market, then the franchise tag next year, you know, it'll naturally grow to like ten point five or mm-hmm. whatever. That might jump up to like twelve million dollars. Because cause you have two more big deals in there, but there's just no big deals. And so the franchise tag just doesn't grow. And there's a whole bunch of problems. And I think the owners like where they are. But yeah. I mean, it's at some point, something's going to happen. It's a market inefficiency. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is I, there's so many people saying, well, it's not. It is what it is. You know, the market dictates the value. 
It's like, well, no, it doesn't because for six years, they just get paid what they get paid. There's no market. Like, it's just the rules put in place that dictate it. And that's the issue. So I'm, I don't know. I'm curious what's going to happen. But at well, some point, somebody's going to change something. It's kind of a trend at football at all levels. I mean, we've had a wide receiver win the Heisman and a defensive mm-hmm. end be a Heisman finalist more recently than we had our last running back be a Heisman finalist. It's just crazy. Think of that. Yeah. When I was a kid, like, running back still ruled college football, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, even recently. I mean, did Derrick Henry win a Heisman? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So you still see it, just not as much as Yeah, before. but again, that was 2015, man. Really? That's crazy. Bryce Love was the last running back Heisman finalist in 2017. Uh, and, you know, that Stanford offense was kind of a dinosaur. Yeah. You know? Yep. A dinosaur I loved. Oh, the best. Absolutely. Yeah, so Javante shouldn't love what he sees from all this, obviously. Uh uh-uh. uh. I wonder. Because I guess if his contract expired, let's say it's just right now, today, and say, he, say he's healthy, does he get franchise tagged? Is he worth that $10 million for one year? <coughs> Probably. I think so, too. Only because you wouldn't want to, you know, if you could get him for $7.5 million by letting him hit the market and give him a three-year deal, you'd rather just give him the $10 million for one year and get rid of the risk. Mm -hmm. So he would be probably a tag candidate already. Yeah, that one-year deal really costs you nothing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And and what's Frank Clark making this season? What's that one-year deal? I think five and a half to seven and a half. Like... That's not that far off. Yeah. A running back franchise. Day. It's crazy. It's like a street free agent deal you can do after mm-hmm. the draft. And I wrote the whole big thing Think about that, man. Um, before free agency about how paying running backs by the numbers, you should do it. Like the when you're talking about where to invest money, because the market has fallen off so much, the teams that actually do give. I can't remember how I did. It was top five money or top 10 money or at least, I think it was at least $10 million a year. Those teams wind up winning more games than the teams that don't. It just happens to be, you know, on average, you get your whatever, 1,400 yards of production and this many touchdowns and all those different things. It's just that there's the 40% chance that in that season, the 30% chance that they get hurt and you just don't get it. Because if you only take the yep. guys who are healthy, then it's like, oh, my God, how could you not take this deal? It's 1,900 yards a season. Right. But even for the average outcomes, it's worth it. It's just that it's a, it's a risk. Well, and it's worth it if you're trying more, to win more games than you lose. If you're trying to contend mm-hmm. for a Super Bowl, maybe it's not so worth it. Possible, and you know, yeah. that's Football ebbs and flows, man. I think we, we always look into these trends and we don't realize football, it's so few regular season games. These trends, yep. like they, the pendulum swings on these trends like crazy. Like Ooh. veteran quarterbacks with big money have won the last three Super Bowls, Hank. Yeah. Um, since Broncos Super Bowl 50, only two rookie quarterback contracts have won it. And it's Mahomes in his last year. Yep. And it's Wentz who doesn't even start in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, that trend has swung the other. We'll stop. We'll st- we're still talking about the old trend. While the pendulum's already swung to the the opposite now. Definitely. I who are let's see. So yeah, it was Mahomes last year, Stafford the year before that, Brady the year before that, Mahomes right. the year before that, Brady the year before that, 
Eagles the year before that, however right. you want to call that, so. Brady the year before that. So again, it's Mahomes and Brady. And yeah. it's like you try to find trends in things, and it's like, well, no, you have two freaky good quarterbacks who do 80% of the winning. Yep. And, and so you have like one or two and others that you can try to pull from a trend. Peyton, Brady, again. Yep. Peyton, um, who rookie, was underpaid at that point. Rookie contract, Russ. Yep. Flacco. This yep. was before Flacco got his bag. Eli. And then, yeah, I mean, Eli, who Rogers. was paid. Right. I and mean, that's back before quarterback salaries got super inflated. Yeah, that's right. back. Those, those were all behind, below like the 12% of the cap threshold. Yeah. Where now you have a handful who are getting like 18%. Yep. So, I don't know. Smart teams will find the answer. There's, there is, there are inefficiencies here. And for the teams, I mean, it's obvious what it is. You find a good running back and you get to hold on to him for six years. Well, and the thing is like Saquon Barkley's don't grow on trees. You literally True. can't find that kind of talent at running back every year, but he's also injury prone. Josh Jacobs. I don't know. There might be two backs every season that come out who are about uh, the talent of know. Josh Jacobs. Jacobs is a freak. Point five running backs every year that come out that are yeah. out of his talent. Yeah. Okay. So every other year we get a guy at his caliber come out from college. Yep. Tony Pollard. That dude is kind of a dime a dozen. Yes. Like, you know, he's a, he's a starter. He's a high-end starter. He's so, so we could say he's one of the 20 best running backs in the world. Okay, yeah, I mean, I could find two to five coming out in the draft every year. I feel like with the right development in a couple of seasons could be that good. Definitely. Right? So, I mean, every case is that. like, And that's the other thing with these trends. All these trends we come up with, they're all based on single decisions that are made in a vacuum mm -hmm. it's true it's true it's you do i don't know i do think um we haven't I, we talked about this a lot during free agency and before the draft the idea that you can find starting running backs at the end of the draft is kind of crazy because it's you don't find them any more often than you find a starting lineman or a starting corner yeah. or anything like that oh, that's right it's just that because they're running backs and that's a name you know it's like oh no way he came from that round it's it's just a topic yeah. of conversation. And more. you can also like survive like many positions. You can survive with a day three selected interior mm -hmm. offensive lineman. You can survive with a day three selected running back. You can survive with a yep. day three selected tight end linebacker, strong safety. Yeah. Right. Like we never go, oh, man, that free safety was found in the fifth round. But guess what? All the top paid <laughs> yeah. safeties are usually day three. Picks. Well, and even Justin Simmons. It's like, what's wrong with yes. Justin Simmons? Oh, nothing. He's really good. He's yes. a third round pick. He's a mid third. Yeah. He's a mid third. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, wait, why wasn't he drafted higher? Oh, he's, he's a safety. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, right. we'll take right. him in the third round. Absolutely. Yeah. That, so. that was one of the weirdest drafts. But yeah, like rookie running backs over the past four seasons who had 500 yards, there was one of the 14 drafted in the seventh round. That's uh, Algier. Mm -hmm. um, or was that Pacheco? Could be either. Yeah. Sixth round was the other one. That's one of 17 in the last four years. Fifth round, it's one of 11. Like, you don't find those guys very often. Usually, I mean, year two, year three, year four, yeah. it might change a little bit. But you do, like, if you want the 80% hit rate, that's in the second round. The 30%'s in the third round. 24% in the fourth round. Three of the four in the first round. Yeah. Like, you do need to give them, if, if you expect to draft a starter, it's got to be in the top 100 picks. Just right. like any other position.
But as the market's proving, finding a starter far easier than finding like a starter at a premium position. Why not just go get Kareem Hunt for two million bucks a year? Because I <laughs> exactly. bet he take it now. Right. Or Ezekiel Elliott or Dalvin oh, Cook. And you like, brought the like, small sample that's size. The, other part of the, the small sample size with so few games. Dalvin Cook, he's gonna break off two sixty yard touchdown runs. How does that swing those two games? Like those are massive swings. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. It's very interesting. It is interesting. It's not good for Javante. I yeah. don't know when the CBA is up. You would be my guy to know that. Yeah. It seems like this will be a a big piece of it. Because running backs are not happy and they shouldn't be. I know, but we just like sixty percent of the positions are in the same exact boat. I'm not sure there is a fix. Really. I don't know that it's this boat. I mean, because what? The franchise tag is 10 million bucks. At least the franchise tag is more for the others. Safeties. Safeties, I guess, could be similar. I guess offensive Safeties guards should are be living pretty good. Tight ends are maybe in a worse position. Yeah. I wonder. We'll close this out just by looking at what the franchise tags are. Because I'm curious. You want to do this on the other side while you look that up? Sure. Let's do it on the other side. Because Foco has some amazing they do. Broncos stuff in the mix. Um, you... You're probably like, man, how many more Broncos t-shirts or hats do I need in my life? I need to diversify my Broncos stuff. Foco's got you covered. Wow. They've got bobbleheads. They've got uh, ponchos. Wow. I always love a good poncho. Who doesn't? They may have a beautiful beach hat for you, a little bucket hat, which is what I wear on the beach. I become, I become Bucket Dre. It's actually Bucket a completely Dre. different vibe. You guys couldn't even imagine the kind of chill that Bucket Dre brings to the wow. table. But go to Foco, use that code DMVR. You can be rocking the Broncos and get that Bucket Dre vibe that you've been seeking out this summer. <laughs> also, they have a, a ton of amazing other stuff. Slippers, you name it. They do have hats and uh, and shirts and awesome bobbleheads, decorations, uh, Christmas decorations. Foco has it all. They are, um, they've always got your back with all Colorado sports, all their gear. Look at the beautiful uh, Kale McCarr, Nikola Jokic. You can get like a Game of Thrones inspired uh, bobblehead at Foco of wow. one of your favorite players. The Terrell Davis bobblehead they have with Old Mile High behind it and the three flags and TDs wearing an old school orange Broncos jersey is perfection. I actually. I think it was out of stock. Now it's back in stock. We need to get one for the studio. I'm doing that like uh, when I'm done doing all my other stuff. Check out Foco. Please don't buy out those TD ones because now I want one for the set. And they'll have your favorite gear covered. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DMVR for 10% off. Great deals all around. Boom. Boom. Thanks, Foco. All right. So, um, yeah, before we get the Foco out of here. <laughs> <laughs> highest Pringles. number for franchise tag quarterbacks, 29.7 million. Yeah. Linebackers get 18.7 million because that's uh, edge rushers edge who are outside are linebackers. This, yeah. So that's why Roquan, I guess maybe Roquan could get tagged, but, mm. but almost nobody gets tagged. We're running through some stats. Let's keep it skippy. Uh, wow. Wide receiver, 18.4. <laughs> Defensive uh -huh. end, again, helped out by the edges, 17.8. Defensive yeah. tackle, 17.3. Because I guess you, when you're taking the top five, you got Chris Jones, you got Jeffrey Simmons, you've got 
uh, Aaron Donald, all of a sudden that number goes way Those up. Those guys are hard to find. They are. Uh, cornerback, 17.2. Uh, offensive lineman, 16.6. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six of the 12 positions. Six yeah. of the 11, 16 corner, to 18. Corner and O-line also getting skewed because, like, you got to have... You know, I mean, O linemen, you got to have seven on a roster. DBs, corners, True. you got to have five on a roster. You know, so there, there's a mu- there's a much greater, lower class hmm. that's taking that number down. If you did just starters at cornerback and O line, that number that's would just, be far higher. It only takes the top five salaries, though. Okay, for fine, average, fine, um, fine. Safety twelve point nine, so that is a big jump down because just about everybody who was in a quarterback is sixteen to eighteen. Yep. Tight so end, 12 is almost running back prices. 12.9 was, yeah, I mean, it's closer. Yeah. I'm sure running backs would see a big difference in a 33% raise. But um, tight end, 10.9. Running okay. back, 9.57. Kicker, punter, 5.2. So it is pretty massive drop-off. It really comes into the, long, the longevity of the position. Yeah, because it's you can't... impacted by that more than any other position by a mile. You, yeah, you can't bet on... Yeah. So I mean, Ugh. we the that's where the convo needs to change. It's not just that position based and like the value of the position and running the ball in the running mm-hmm. game. It also has to do with the wear and tear that the single running back has to endure, and how that's impacting them financially. Yeah, that definitely has to be a greater part of the convo. Yeah, I wonder what they'll do. You want some questions from the count? I'd love questions from the count. Cool. Dear Hanker and Simones, of course, mm. become a member at DMVR to ask us questions, ddmvr.com for free shirt and everything else. I'm ready to file a class action lawsuit on behalf of Broncos fans. We've been Ooh. incredibly damaged by the last five to seven drafts. Are the Broncos one of the worst drafting teams in the league as of late? And which year since PFM should we use as the injurious flagship draft class for a lawsuit against the MGMT? Love the count. Wow. I mean, there was the one really bad one. Was it the last? El- it was one of the last Elway drafts. I'll find it for you. Okay. It hasn't been a great record, but the team hasn't. Like, if the team made the playoffs, all of a sudden you'd see more pro bowlers that were drafted on this team. I don't know. I mean, some of these drafts have been pretty bad. There like, were some uh, rough ones. I mean, look, the really bad <laughs> one is trading out of the... Devin Bush pick to take Noah Fant, Oof. Reisner, and Drew Locke. And yeah. then Draymond in the third with Justin Hollins and Juwan Winfrey. It's not great. It's not great. But you do get Russ out of some of those guys. Reisner and Draymond did give you some good years as starters at maybe not premium positions, but like the next tier after the premium positions. 2017, you had Bowles, Demarcus Walker. Carlos Henderson, Brendan Langley, Jake Butt, Isaiah McKenzie, D'Angelo Henderson, Chad Kelly. That's the one you use for your lawsuit. It is. But then also... Garrett Bowles has salvaged that, though. Garrett Bowles has salvaged it. Demarcus Walker got himself a pretty big deal. Was he... He stinks. He stunk in Denver. Isaiah McKenzie, it turns out, was actually pretty good. Exactly. There's a few of those guys you look at and say, maybe this is the Broncos... I screwing mean, up coaching. There's well, others like Carl that's Henderson's the thing, a bad man. Pick. Like the draft is never just pure selections. Yep. A lot of it is the losing team you bring them in and the revolving door of coaches and schemes that mm-hmm. they can't be developed. Um, and the NFL is not a developmental league. 
No. Like, unlike every other pro league in the U.S., 2016 is the real atrocity. You do get Justin Simmons out of That's it. the thing. Connor McGovern has gotten his back. Exactly. He's starting with the Jets. Just not here. Yeah. Will Parks is... Paxton Lynch, Adam Gotza, Simmons, Devontae Booker, Connor McGovern, Jano, Will Parks, Riley Dixon. Jano was a fullback for a while. Riley Dixon's still in the league. Will Parks is still in the league. Honestly, the truly devastating one, 2015, which I thought was That's a, a rough great one. draft at the oh, time. Oh, it was so fun. Shane Ray, Ty Sambrilo, Howerman, Max Garcia, Lorenzo Doss, Darius Kilgo, Trent T. Sim, though, uh, Torian Nixon, Josh Furman. Uh, yeah. It's not great. Who could have seen that going? You took two DBs from Tulane. <laughs> I know. That was DBU. How could <laughs> yeah. they have failed us? <laughs> Arvada wow. Luke. There are other, I mean, Sylvester Williams, Monte Ball, Kayvon Webster, Quantara oh, Smith, Tavares King, Vincent Payton, Zach. There's I, some rough ones. The thing is, I bet if you look through most teams, you see bad ones. Like, the Broncos have been below average in drafting. I wonder how bad, though. I mean, it's seven rounds, and, you know, the draft is uh, an imperfect science, sadly. Yeah. Or, thankfully, it's a matter of perspectives. You ready for a question from Arvada? Yes. Okay. Hi, friends. I'm curious about your football fanship origin stories. When did the desire to be a ball knower begin for you? Cheers, Al. Or AL. AL? Yeah, I think he's abbreviating Arvada Luke. AL, sorry. Yeah. I mean, as long as I've been alive. Yep, 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 yep. Like I was just born into a football family. Born into a football family. LA was God in my home. Uh, yeah, he had been God. I wanted him to win the chip. Um, and I followed the Broncos and that's just kind of what we talked about and what inspired me and what I would wear. And yeah, yeah. kind of born into being football bros. Yeah. Great times, man. Shout outs to our family. I think my, my earliest memories are probably like Jake Plummer, Mm. but barely Mm. like mostly just like getting benched. Like I have a I have a very vague memory of being Missoula for the uh, 2005 AFC Championship game. Yeah, Arvada Luke. I grew up in Italy, so I'd get like VHSs sent from my grandpa who lives lives here in Lakewood um, of like Buffs games, Broncos games, and you know I was following LA and wanted him to win a title. Like coming up as a kid, and he was always one of my sports idols, and that's kind of how it all took off. Mm-hmm. Great question though. Appreciate it. Ready for some super chats? Let's do some super chats. Yeah. Yeah, let's. I can't see that far. Also, please, one more like. Get us to 69. That'd be legendary. That Um, would be. Greg S. Greg with two Gs. uh, Just bought tickets for game one in Miami. Hell yeah. I live in Tampa. Never thought I'd be able to go to a game. Super excited. Hope to see DMVR there? Question mark, exclamation mark. I hope so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push to be there. We'll see how it goes. I think, Greg, we, we might have some options. Uh, stay tuned. And uh, that's amazing, man. That's going to be a great matchup. Especially if the Broncos can Nick beat Daniel the... Daniel V. Sean Payton? If the Broncos can beat the Raiders and Commanders first. Yeah. I think they got it in them. I think they got the it's hot possible. start in them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Slow Talker with the legendary 499 Super Chat. Do you do y'all feel confident in a plus 
45 hundo bet where Broncos get two touchdowns in every game. It also says touchdown, not specific to offense, defense, special Whoa. teams. Man, wow. what a legendary season-long bet. So every game you get 14 points? I'm in. Just so you know, I'm in. I will do... <laughs> I want to see like the averages of the last like few Saints seasons and like Russ seasons and stuff like that. I would guess it's a bad idea. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, plus forty five hundred. Yeah, parlaying seven games to get a multi touchdown. I thought it was the bet. whole season. Yeah, the whole. Oh, season. seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, seventeen games. Sorry. Yeah, I mean that's so. Like the odds should be significantly higher than that. It would be fun. You're getting shorted on the odds, but it I would think be fun. Right, yeah. It'd be like a cool yeah. survivor pool. Basically. It'd be worth it for the fun aspect. I mean, but I'm I would. I would wonder you, if there's you a can be invested in a past September, and that I, makes it cool I, and fun. Yes. I wonder if there's a team last year that would that did that because I would guess there wasn't. It would yeah, take forever see, to check. I gotta see the data. He really yep. threw up, but like, it's probably not a good bet, but we'll do it because it's fun. You. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Oh look, LFG. I caught Plumber's towel when he exited the NFC playoffs win over the Cowboys in January '99. Epic. Epic. Also, LFG's uh, photo is epic, too. Love that for us. Oh, wow. Who is that? What is that? <sighs> we'll find that out as the, <laughs> just like we will the two-touchdown bet when we tune in tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Full array of shows on the DMVR network. Stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. From Henry and I uh-huh. and the legend Alyssa behind the sticks, we're out of here. Flying cotton